for many, many years, there was a book on my bookshelf, one amongst many that I hadn't read. Um, I do love to buy books. I do love to put them on the shelf. I always intend to read them. But this one, well, this one was called War and Peace. <laughs> I don't have it anymore. I think he went to a charity shop. He went, stayed on the shelf and then exited and I never read it. Why do I mention this book? Because I haven't even read it. Well, this morning, we're looking at war and peace. <laughs> Not the book, but in the context of our series in Ephesians on our foundations. And we've been for the last few weeks in Ephesians 6, 10 to 20, and we are going to be there as well today. Specifically on verse 15. So, what we're going to do is we're going to read that passage, remind ourselves of the passage, because it's, a, it's important to understand the context that verse 15 is in, as we interpret that and we look at that and look at what that means. So, let's read Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 to 20, and then we'll go from there and we'll look at war and peace. Oh, and by the way, those of you who know the book War and Peace, it's very, very long. So get ready. <laughs> this morning won't be as long as that, don't worry. So Ephesians. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armour of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armour of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand firm, stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all of the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me that words may be given to me in the opening of my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. And there are the words of Paul from prison as he exhorts the Ephesian church to put on the whole armour of God. And the bit that we're going to look at today is from verse 15, where it says, And as shoes for your feet having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. What does this mean? Talking about a readiness that is given to us by the gospel of peace. And it's associating that readiness with shoes and feet. So a readiness for what? And why is it that in all this talk about spiritual warfare in this passage, we're now looking at peace? 
Now, it's interesting as you, as you read, as you do when you're looking at this, you read various things about it, you read all the different commentators and all that kind of stuff. There were two distinct views on this verse. I think they're both right, but I think one precedes the other. You see, as we look at what Paul actually meant from this, it's very easy to jump to, you see the word gospel, and it's right, readiness, share the gospel. But is that actually, and you know my tendency, my tendency may well be to jump that way, but actually is that what it's saying? Because when you look at it, and when you read about it, the two things that come out of this are, yes, a readiness to share the gospel, but I think that comes out of what Paul actually meant, which was for those of us who are saved, what the gospel brings and is for those of us who are saved, what it is to stand in the readiness of the peace of the gospel. You see, when we stand in the readiness of the peace of the gospel, and we'll go on to look in a moment at what that actually means, we then, on the back of that, end up sharing the gospel. So we must, we must look at what it actually means here before we get on to that other bit. You see, the context of this passage, the, 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 where this verse rests in this, is on putting on the full armour of God in order to stand against the schemes of the evil one and to stand firm. And then this passage itself is within the context of the book of Ephesians on the normal Christian life, what we are to expect. These are our foundations. This is why we're, we're using this book as we look at our foundations. Becky talked about this a couple of weeks ago, brilliantly talking about the breastplate of, breastplate of righteousness, knowing who we are, the righteousness that we have. So we need to look at this verse within that context. And the context is this passage of putting on the whole armour. Now, this is looking at the armour of a soldier. It doesn't actually say in the passage that it's a Roman soldier, but you kind of guess that it is given the context, given where they were, given that Roman soldiers were all around them. Wearing armour, ready for battle. And actually to the people receiving this, hearing it in the day, that would have been a very vivid picture for them. They would have known that. They would have known what a soldier looks like. It was the present reality for them, an everyday scene. So this is a very vivid picture. And, and we, we know, we've, we've seen pictures, haven't we? I should have put a picture up of a, of, a, of, of a Roman soldier putting on his arm or having his arm on. Yes. <laughs> so the armour is going on piece by piece. And we come to the feet. And the feet need to be covered. The, the feet were covered by a boot. I know we often think of sandals, but actually when, when a Roman soldier was going into war, he put on a boot. You see, if you're going to stand, and this passage talks about standing, if you're going to stand, then what's one of the most important things you're going to do is put something on your feet in order to be able to stand. It's one of the most foundational and important pieces of the armour. You're not going to stand in bare feet when you're going into battle. It's just not going to happen. So the boots, the footwear, these are the very things you are standing on. They can be depended upon. 
They're made of something that's not going to fall apart. They're strong. They're sure. They give strong footing, sure footing. So in this picture, what is our footwear? Well, it's the gospel of peace. This gets to the very heart of the matter as to why we can stand in the battle, in spiritual warfare. Because we stand on the gospel of peace. But what does that mean? What it means is we don't have to stand in our own strength or on our own merit. Being able to stand, as as Paul exhorts us to here, is not dependent on us. It doesn't mean we've got to generate something, some strength in order to be able to do this. No, we do it in the strength of the gospel. We stand on something that's utterly dependable, that won't fall apart, that won't let us down. The gospel. I was having a conversation with a guy at work. I've been giving uh, one of the guys at work a lift uh, down because he lives up this way, down to the office when he goes in. Um, And he's from India. He only moved from India last May. And uh, he's from a Hindu area. Of, of, uh, of, of India uh, from the Punjab and uh, follows uh, Hinduism. I don't know whether he practices it that much, but we were having a conversation and he was telling me that when they are young, they are given by um, someone in the temple, someone high up in the temple, a word. And this word is a, a secret word that they then repeat over and over and they chant it and they meditate on it. And this brings them peace and strength. So I'm having this conversation and he was telling me you have to say this word over and over again and it will bring you peace and it will get you to an acceptable place. And I was able to tell him, actually it's not the same for me. For me, Jesus has done all that for me. It's not an internal thing. I'm not reliant on me. I'm not reliant on trying to generate something in order to stand. Jesus has done it for me. Jesus gives me what I need to be able to stand. That's the gospel. And I was able to share that with him and tell him, it's not dependent on me. You don't have to be reliant on me, which is so wonderful. (laughs) It's so good. It's good news that it's not about me. And dare I say it's good news it's not about you. (laughs) Whether you can stand or not against the schemes of the devil isn't down to you. This is good news. This is the gospel. What we need to do is make sure that we don't fall into the trap, that the gospel is just something, say just, something that we tell people in order to win them to Jesus. It's not. It's more than that. It's the reality of our lives every day. The gospel is there to win us over every day. It's there for our reality. It's our reality every day. But what do I mean by that? What does that look like? In fact, what does the word gospel even mean? We talk about it, don't we? And we kind of know what we mean by it, sort of. So Easton's Bible Dictionary, always a reliable source, says this, that it's a word of Anglo-Saxon origin, meaning God's spell. Now, The word spell, again, has different origins than often the way we use it now. 
but basically means the word of God. Or, according to others, it means good spell, which means good news. So the word spell is words and news. So it's good news. And it's from the original Greek, evangelion, meaning good message. So the word gospel means good news, a good message, the word of God. So what we're saying here is this is relevant for us every single day. The good news of what Jesus has done. It's the best news. It's the news that God has reached out to us without us deserving it and given us a way to be in a relationship with him that he designed before we even existed. It's unconditional love, it's unconditional grace, it's freedom, and it's what you were designed for. That applies to us every single second of every single day. That's an encouragement to us, isn't it? So the gospel is not just something we share with others, it's something that's relevant for us every single day. And that's how we stand. Because when you know every day that you are unconditionally, unconditionally loved, that there is unconditional grace for you, that there is freedom for you every day, that sets you up to stand. Something that you put on your feet, something that enables you to stand. We stand not on our own strength, but we stand because our feet are fitted with the readiness of the gospel of peace. But how do we put that on? Paul, Paul says, put it on. How do we do that? Practically, what does that mean? Well, firstly, it's about understanding what the gospel is, the good news of what Jesus has done for you. But you've got to do something with that news. So I received some good news just over a week ago. I've been offered a new job. <laughs> which is great news and it's not far from where I live <laughs> that news has got the potential to change my day to day life as I won't be travelling as much and I'll be working doing something different with different people in a different office, great but if on my first day I turn up to my old job then I haven't got hold and put on that news <laughs> to put on that good news I need to aim for a different destination I need to be intentional in my actions to go somewhere else I need to turn up to a different office I need to take hold of it and live in the good of that change but it's not just my first day in my new job I've got to do that every day and it's like that with the gospel every day we need to be intentional about taking that good news and doing something with it it needs to change our lives. It's not just good news and a good story. It's life-changing, but we need to put it on every day. We need to travel to the different office. We need to be intentional about putting the armour on. And, you know, sometimes what that means is we need to remind ourselves who we are. Again, like Becky talked about a couple of weeks ago, we need to remind ourselves who we are. Sometimes we need to actually say that out loud and declare it. I am a child of God. That's putting on the gospel. I have freedom from God. 
That is putting on the gospel. I am more than a conqueror. Doesn't matter what gets thrown at me today, in Christ I am more than a conqueror. That's putting on the gospel. I am who God says I am, not who the people around me think I am. That is putting on the gospel. You see, the gospel is for us every single day. And that leads us to the next bit. Because this is talking about the readiness that that gospel brings to us. You see, if you understand, if we understand the daily effect of the gospel, it will help us to be ready for anything that comes. Whatever comes your way. It says later on in the passage in verse 18, be alert. That's what we need to be. We need to be alert. And actually the gospel, knowing who we are, standing firm on that and being able to stand on that helps us to be ready for whatever schemes of the evil one come. This is why it's telling us to put the armour on. In putting on the gospel, in understanding what it is and what it means, it gives us a perspective on the reality of life. The um, NIV application commentary, it's quite a handy commentary, um, says this, I, I'm going to quote it because it's this quote and I could have worked this in somehow to make it sound like I was full of wisdom on this, um, but I, I'll be honest, authentic, says it on one of the banners. It says this, readiness pertains to all of life. Knowledge of the gospel should make people alert and ready for life. Christians have been taught in the school of Christ. They are careful about their speech and actions. They do not live in the dark. They live wisely, redeeming the time and understanding the will of the Lord. We've got a head start. We've got a heads up. We're not, we're not, we're not, um, uh, what's the word? I can't think of the word. We're not, uh, oh, I can't think of <laughs> We're not in the dark. We understand life. We understand what's coming our way. We're not ignorant of what's going on in the world. And we're not ignorant of what's, what's behind it all. We know. We're ready for it because we understand the gospel. You know, a Roman soldier didn't put the armour on and then sit on the couch in front of the telly. If he'd have had a telly, which he didn't. They didn't, did they? They put on the armour because they're ready. Because they're going into battle. Because they know what's coming. The battle shouldn't be a surprise to us. It's, it's funny. It often is though, isn't it? It often is. We, 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 we'll often talk, oh, I hope this year's just a slightly quieter year. <laughs> there we go. See, not the only one. <laughs> we know, don't we, that there's a battle that the enemy will take every opportunity to discourage us. Now, you might look at it and say, yeah, but that's everyday life. That's what everybody goes through. Yes, but there's a scheme behind it. Let's not be ignorant of that. Let's know it. Let's, let's understand it. And let's put on the armour. But what about this peace that it offers? Okay, it talks about peace. 
Now, in some ways, of course, this should be self-explanatory. If you have all that the gospel promises, a right relationship with God, eternal life, freedom from sin, sin, just to name a few things, then, of course, you're going to glide through life on a cushion of glory, angels singing everywhere you... No? <laughs> if you have, then let, let us know, because we need... <laughs> I'd like to know how you do it. It doesn't work that way, does it? It's not my experience anyway. Over the years, like everyone, I've been through good times and bad times. I've had times where life is easier. It tended to be when I was younger and a bit more carefree. I don't know what it is, but um, you know, life was good at times. And life is good now, but just different. Sometimes it's hard. You know, I've been through the times where I felt like God has abandoned me. He hasn't. And I know that, but it's felt like it at times. Where stress and anxiety have completely overtaken me. And I've needed help to get through it. So where was the peace in those times? I knew the gospel, but where was the peace? You see, I think we need to understand the word peace correctly. Peace doesn't mean an absence of difficulty. It doesn't mean that everything's serene. What it means that underlying all of the stuff that's going on is this foundation in your life, this immovable base that your life sits upon. Peace means you will get through it and knowing that. It doesn't mean an absence of sleepless nights or an absence of stress and, and, and the kind of anxiety that gets the heart pumping. That's, that's a reality. That's part of the battle. But it means an ability to, dis, to, to, despite all of that, to stand and know that it will pass. It's not going to last forever. It is temporary. And I just thought, as I wrote those words, whenever it was this week, yesterday morning, that there are people here who just need to know it will pass. It does pass. Okay, there may be more in the future, but it will pass. And God has not abandoned you, but you can have a peace deep down that says, despite all of this, I have a foundation in my life that will not be shaken. I stand here today having gone through some rough times and got through them because deep down I know God's there. I do. I know it deep down. Peace doesn't mean that you won't face the fiery darts of the evil one. There will be conflict from outside. But it's that you will know inside that there's no conflict in your heart that the victory has been won and that you will overcome. There is a peace of the heart, knowing that you stand and that your heart is undivided toward God. That's what it is. But we still need to be intentional about putting the gospel on, that, that readiness every day, so that we're ready for the fight. Some of you may have been here a couple of weeks ago where I referenced this poster here. Um, that says, our future, our hands. And if you recall, I said at the time, 
How depressing. I don't want my future to be in my hands, thank you very much. It has been at times, and I know what a mess I can make of it. There's a much better reality. And I know why they've put it, and I understand the sentiment, don't get me wrong. But actually, our future is in God's hands. That's what the gospel says. The peace of the gospel, knowing that our future is secure and it's in God's hands, not ours. You know, the, the, the war is won. You are the victors because of what Jesus has done. Yes, we live in troubled times. Yes, you will face hardship. Yes, things will go on all around you. But actually... You're the winners. (laughs) We are the winners. Because our future is in God's hands. And that is what the good news says. It's what the gospel says. But of course, at the beginning I said, well, some people interpret this verse slightly differently and then start to talk about the readiness of sharing the gospel. My take on this is that if you have received so much, why would you not share this with others? This is too much and too good for us to keep to ourselves. I think there is a sense from this of being ready to share the gospel. When you look at the the similarity of the imagery of this to Isaiah 52, verse 7. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news. Our feet are fitted with the readiness of the gospel. How beautiful are the feet of him who brings good news, who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness, who publishes, who talks about salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. There's a match there of imagery. There's also a mention of peace in that passage. We have gained so much and do so every single day of our lives from the gospel of peace. Why would we not then freely share it? And actually, you do share it because your life is changed by the gospel of peace and you cannot help but share that. You cannot help but be different and show that difference. It happens. It's not hidden. You know, you have to work really hard to hide the fact that you are a Christian. That's my experience. People see it. You don't always have to articulate it. I once saw a quote. I don't remember who it was or where it was from but I always write these things down and then I'd forgotten to write who it's from but this quote says this remember most people are not primarily asking what's true but rather do I want to be like you ouch that's scary because people look at us especially when they know we're Christians they look at us and they say that's what a Christian is and then they decide do I want to be like that or not But the gospel has a profound effect on us and therefore a profound effect on those around us. As I prepare to leave my current job, (laughs) I cannot express how much joy it's brought. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But as I prepare, I'm having lots of meetings 
with lots of people to do with handover and all of that. And people are saying some lovely things about the impact I've had while I've been there. But there are distinct groups of people within my division who don't see eye to eye and who always talk about how other people have got it wrong and, and all of this. I mean, it, it's, it's all over the place. But as I've met with each of those different groups, they've each thought that I'm one of them and that I benefit their position. That's not because I say different things to different people. It's because I treat each group with the dignity of, of they deserve because of who they are and the people they are. But there's something about people that carry the peace of the gospel that's attractive. They want you to be part of their group. They don't know why. They, they won't even be able to articulate it. And as soon as you tell them why it is, they don't want that to be the reason. It's because I'm a Christian and I know God and he can do this for you. Oh, I'm not sure that's right. Well, please yourself, but, <laughs> you know, don't say I didn't warn you. We need to be the gospel of peace to people. And we need to be ready when people do comment on it and do ask about it, to share it. So when my colleague talked about his Hindu faith, I could have just said, oh, okay, that's nice. But I had the option there and the choice there to say, well, actually, with Jesus, it's different. Not in my church or anything like that. With Jesus, it's different. It was so easy and so natural because we were just talking about our faiths. People are much more ready, really, to hear it than I think we give them credit for a lot of the time. It's important for us to share it. It's important for us to talk about it. It's important for us to say, actually, this is, look at what Jesus has done for me. 1 Peter 3.15 says, but even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled, but in your heart honour Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defence to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that it's in you. People see the hope. There's so much hopelessness around us. People see it because the gospel of peace changes us in ways we don't even recognise because we just get used to it. We need to be sharing this. We need amongst each other to be sharing it. We need to be sharing it with those around us. And we as a church need the new life that it brings. We're desperate for it. We need it. Too many churches have just had the life strangled out of them because there's no new life. There's no nothing, no fresh life. I was walking through the park one morning last week, a couple of weeks ago, um, before I started work, and uh, walking around, and there were some kids there, obviously on their way to school, with parents behind them, and they were charging around the park. They were young scooters and running, they were lapping the park, and parents were coming behind them. There was just so much life in them. It was exhausting just to see them. There was life. There was energy because they were young, it was new. They were excited about everything around them. 
can see when grandparents, they, when their grandchildren walk into a room, suddenly there's life there. There's, there's, there may have been a, a tiredness. I know, I speak as a grandparent. You know, get tired, get more and more tired as life goes on and as you get older. But your grandparents, your grandchildren come in and suddenly you're on the floor crawling around with them and doing stuff with them and they won't let you rest. But it's good for you. You need that new life, that injection of, of life. That's what happens in the spring. I'm looking forward to it when it finally arrives. But it's like that in the church. We are, we are designed and made for new life, to be enthused by it. The lethargy gets shrugged off. It's important. Let's be ready for the gospel to make an impact around us and bring the life that we need it to bring. As I draw to a close, I just want to highlight one more thing, very briefly. But I think it's really important that we are all in this together. This passage was written not to an individual, but to the church in Ephesus. And uh, I was having a conversation with a different colleague, um, and it, I can't remember how it came up, but we're, we're chatting away, and he said, you know, you know I'm an atheist. I said, yeah, I know you're an atheist. He said, um, we've got lots of things of ath- as atheists, but one thing we don't have that you have is a ready-made community. He said, we just don't have it. It's lonely being an atheist. We don't have, you know, we don't gather. And I said, yeah, I said, you're right, we have that. We have that. I said, I, when I left home when I was 18 and, and moved to, to, uh, to, to, to hundreds of miles away from my parents, I joined a church, I've got friends, I've got a community, job done. Wherever I go, if I'm in trouble anywhere, I know, Church, community, we've got it. Anywhere in the world. People don't have that. There are two things there. We've got community to share, but we've got a community where we do this together. The the understanding the gospel of peace, we do together. We support one another. We lift one another up. We're good for one another. This is not about individuals, just, you know, the gospel is a collective thing for us. And as we share it as well, we help one another. We encourage one another. Just wanted to make sure we understood the community part of this, the together part of this. A Roman soldier would not have put the armour on and gone into battle on his own. He'd have been picked off. So we don't do this on our own. We rely on one another. We're a community together. Really important. We're made to be together to support one another. And I just wanted to, there's not a lot on that, I could say more on that, but we're running out of time, but I just wanted to make sure I mentioned it. So, to finish, I think I've got a few points up here to, yeah, to, to finish. Just as a reminder, this is what we need to remember from this passage or from this verse. Put on the gospel of peace every day. Think about what you've gained every day. Think about who Jesus is every day. It's really important. Remember your foundation and let the gospel bring you peace in whatever you are going through. Be alert, be ready. The gospel helps us to be ready for whatever comes our way. And let's share, share, share. Let's share this with everybody we meet. Let's just, let's just give it away. Let's be generous with those around us with the gospel of peace. And let's do it together.
Let's be on that mission together of sharing that gospel of peace that we've gained so much from. It's so good, so important.